Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for the evening. So this is going to be episode 121 of the online show for the off-road enthusiast. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, when we like to go live. Um, I would say that the weather here in Texas, as we like to talk about because it changes daily, it feels like, it's actually been kind of consistent. Uh, last Tuesday, it felt good. It was nice. It still feels good. It's nice. It's not too chilly, not too warm. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be warming up soon, so we'll probably have eight months straight of 100-degree weather, and it's going to suck. Um, this past weekend was great because we had the National Enduro here in Texas. Um, it was so much fun. That will be, I would say, the basis for what we're going to talk about tonight, um, as we have a lot of our guests on. Um, so for those of you, though, who have maybe never tuned into Seat Time before, this is definitely the online show where we just like to bench race and beer drink with all the racers and riders and viewers out there about the going-ons and happenings within the off-road world. So our guest for this evening, we're going to have Charlie Mullins on. Uh, first up, he's got his little iPad mini ready to go there in his kitchen. And then after that, we're going to talk to Shane Hufford Jr. after his best uh, National Enduro finish this past weekend. And then Jubal Brown, who's just a fun dude to talk to. Um, and I just I want to bring some different a different aspect to the show, and I think he's going to be able to do that. And it'll be fun to get his opinion on a lot of the stuff that's been going on. So Seat Time, you can find us at SeatTime.co. That's the website. Of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of the fun social aspects of that. Uh, Seat Time is brought to you by Fly Racing. You can check them out at FlyRacing.com. Uh, Fast Company, the guys there in Washington, Utah. You can find them at FastCo.com. And, of course, Stillwell Performance, um, great, great, great uh, makers of amazing suspension. They will tune your dampening to you can't be dampened anymore. Uh, you can find them at stillwellperformance.com. Big supporters of Seat Time, and we thank them for their support. Of course, you can find all the paraphernalia we have at seattime.bigcartel.com. If you would like to support us, we would appreciate it if you did. So now to get into the show, Woohoo! episode 121. Sorry for all the house cleaning, but you know what? It's got to be done. Got to thanks everybody. We have to say, Mr. Charlie Mullins, how is your evening going, kind sir? Uh, it's been good. Just uh, got the little one off the bed and just kicking back on the couch, watching some TV and getting ready to have a good day of riding and training tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So we have to say congratulations on another National Enduro win. I don't think this is going to be the first time I say that to you. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a good, great way uh, the season's been going. So um, just taking it race by race, and, you know, we have the next one in Tennessee. So um, right now I just kind of put my focus towards GNCCs, but uh, that Enduro, it uh, it was really good this past weekend and really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it was one of the things that I noticed when we talked to different riders from when I talk to riders from different parts of the country is how different that race seems. A lot of people don't expect to come to Texas and race that type of race. Now, this isn't the first time you've raced that event because we were there last year. But, you know, kind of what's your synopsis? If you were to kind of try to, to encapsulate that race in maybe like five words, what would you, what would you do? How would you use? Um, rocky, dry, fast, um... That's pretty much all it really was, them three right there. <laughs> but uh, 
It was good. It, it had a nice flow. Um, the pro section was pretty gnarly, I thought. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> I didn't think it was that bad. You just had to be patient and not override the bike just the way the rocks were. There's just so much loose rock, and <clears throat> it was just extremely dry with that silt on top. So it was just kind of a, a patient race and just kind of taking your time almost. Right. Go slow. You almost had to go slow to go fast. Um, I definitely want to talk to you about the A only section because I I have some of my own opinions. I've raced that race quite a few times, um, and that's definitely something I'm going to bring up. But I wanted to know. You said the uh, the changing conditions and the fact that like not be not being patient, not overriding um, the course, especially with those rocks. Um, what are some of the setup changes going into that race? that you might have made this year since you've ridden it last year and knew, you know, kind of what to expect? What were some, maybe some bike setup changes that you made specific for the event? Uh, I did nothing. I ran the same exact setup as I did in South Carolina. Really? So you went from the sand lapper to that race with the almost the exact same bike or the exact same bike? Same exact setup, just different tires. So what tires did you run? What would, in that case, what would be some good tires that you ran? I ran the Dunlop 71 front and the AT81 rear, and it seemed seemed really well. Um, the tires held up really well. Uh, I used the same front all day and um, switched the rears uh, after the third test. Just really didn't even need to, but I just wanted to have a fresh tire on for the the pro section. So I felt like I had a good tire setup, and uh, you know the bike worked well. So you know, I, I really don't. Once I get a setup, I really don't change too much. Right. Here's and this actually just came to me at the top of my head. It's interesting that you guys are changing tires and maybe uh, you know throughout the day, maybe you're you, maybe you're sticking with the same model. You're just adding a new tire, a little bit different. You know, some some more rubber for later on in the day. If the National Enduro Series made more of a, a regulation, they don't now, but had a regulation like they do with uh you know like you would have it six days or the world enduros where they would mark the tire so the tire you start with at the beginning of the day is the tire you end with uh that day you, you wouldn't be able to change do you think that would affect things very much or is that would it even the playing fields in any strange way or is would that really not change very much um at, at the top ranks uh i don't really see it it wouldn't really change that much um like sand lapper, I didn't change tires all day. Um, Texas, just of the extreme rocks and being dry, I, I think that's why we just just did it. Just uh, you know, for precautionary reasons. Just you know, I wanted a new tire, but like I said, I really don't think it made that much of a difference. And um, being how the national enduros are with you know nice fresh trail, I don't really think changing tires is that much of an advantage unless, you know, you switch a different model or something, which I know some guys do. Some guys feel more comfortable running a different tire for a certain test and than others. But for me, I just kind of stick with the same tire setup and just go with it. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, it hadn't just kind of occurred to me. I was like, man, at the ISDE, you guys start with a tire in with a tire. And I wonder if that kind of would change the thinking at all or if in reality it really wouldn't make that big of a difference and so to you obviously it probably wouldn't make any difference but you know maybe some of the other guys out there it might be it'd be interesting hmm okay yeah i wish we could change tires at six days because they suck 
they they're nothing like the ones we run over here and i wish we could put a new one on for each special test just because they, they just work so differently yeah and it's, it's a different compound than everything right i mean they just wear so different yeah it's basically a dual sport tire is all it is so it's like a street legal tire so it's not nowhere near as aggressive as the tires that we're used to and how i like the ride i, I really like using that sidewall and leaning the bike over yeah, you can't you can't do that, do that on those dual sport tires. No, no, not at all. Oh man. Um, so last week I thought it was interesting um, that Jason Hooper, well, Jason Hooper was on, and I thought it was interesting that he said hands down that you were going to win this weekend. Um, I agreed. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was like, I really think that the way that yeah, you dominated at the Sand Lapper. Um, that you were going to be able to carry that momentum. Obviously, you've been doing really good at the GNCCs. Georgia's a mud race, so Georgia's I, it's just you know an interesting race in itself. Um, what is it that you're? What do you do? You're taking a race one, one race at a time. But what are you doing that you think that you could come out swinging at the first test and just be so dominant and to carry that dominance throughout the entire day? That might be different from other riders out there. Um, I don't know. I just. I feel like I, I always start off strong. Um, I think that's the best way to make a statement during the day or right off the bat is just go out and, you know, put down a good test. But for me, I just, I really focus on just staying smooth and steady and just riding as hard as I possibly can is basically all I really do. And I know if I, I'm able to get through the test 100%, if I'm able to ride it 100% as hard as I can and not make mistakes, you know, I'll be just fine. And that's kind of the mindset that I go in. I'll just ride as hard as I can. Right. Um, do you think if we saw a few more GNCC riders, uh, spe you know, specifically some of the XC1 guys at the National Enduros, how do you think that they would fare with their times against yours? Um. I guess it depends on who you're talking about, but uh, I think. I was thinking it'd be interesting if, say, like a Josh Strang. Like, Josh Strang kills it at the at the six days, you know, um, does obviously doing extremely well this year, XC1 on the new bike. Somebody like a Josh Strang, like, if he came out to a national enduro, would it be the, the terrain where he could be able to compete, if not beat some of, you know, the, the national enduro guys, including yourself? Or do you think that uh, it might still take a little bit for him to kind of get into the mix? Uh, I think he'd do all, he'd do well. Um, it's just so different the type of racing. Um, I think the the biggest thing for somebody like Josh, they'd have to be in the right mindset and wanting to ride the tight enduro trails. I, I know a lot of GNCC guys aren't a big fan of the tight enduro type trails, so I think that's kind of why they steer clear. But I think. Just like anybody, if they practice it and just go in with the right mindset, you know, I think they'd be competitive with me. And um, obviously, they know how to ride, so it's just <clears throat> the wanting to do it and practicing it. I think is what it would take. Yeah, uh, I heard you got lost in one of the tests, and I, I wanted to chat with you a little bit. I talked with Charles, uh, you know, Chuck, your mechanic, after the race, and he kind of told me once everything was cleared up how everything had went down, but, you know, from your perspective, what happened in the third test where you, you know, got lost, got back on the track a little early, talking to some course workers? Um, how did that all kind of play out? Yeah, basically, um, 
it, it was a weird deal. Um, it was like two miles in, and I, I was catching the guys in front of me, the they, the guy on road 20, and I seen we popped out kind of on this Jeep road, but the trail kind of went right, but I guess the guy went the wrong way, and so I followed his dust, and I passed him, and I was going down the road, like just a wide open Jeep road, and I didn't see any arrows, and you know, I stopped and turned around, and as I was riding backwards, that guy was coming, and he pointed to his left, and the trail was right there, so I jumped in, and uh, the next guy, I got going, and then the next guy I passed was like row 18 or something, so I knew something was up, so I, I was like too far in, I, I couldn't ride the track backwards, so I just, I finished the test, and after the test, I told the officials that you know something got messed up back in the test and it wasn't right and um basically after the end of the day me and the official alan uh we went out and found out where i missed then what we did is he timed me the section that i missed which it took like i think right at two minutes but he took into the account that I still, from where I got lost to where I got back on the track, was like a little over a minute. So I guess he basically gave me a minute penalty. Right. But that's kind of how, I mean, I, I just, I, I really didn't change the outcome on the whole thing, but it was just one of those things that I really, I knew it wasn't right. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, everybody was okay with the situation and, he seemed, you know, all good with it and everything like that. But yeah, it was just kind of a uh, a weird deal where I seen that guy's dust and just kind of got off track and all that. But yeah, yeah, and and that and uh, and it's it's good that you did that. I mean, I think it you know take complete accountability for the fact that things got a little weird. You didn't really know what it was. You knew your time was going to be way better than others. Um, in the sense of those couple minutes that you had missed there. So obviously when people saw it, they're like, all right, we're going to get this figured out. And I think it's good, too, that there was, you know, that it got cleared up and that wasn't, you know, a, a completely dropped test because obviously that would have been really detrimental to the Yeah. Day. So um, I, I, it's a good way to handle it. I, I don't know if that's like, you know, something they've had to deal with before, if that's like a, a rule book thing. They just wrote a new rule, but I think they handled it the right way. They got, you know, because like you yeah, said. I the, asked them about that, that, the rule book thing, and they really didn't seem – like I mean, they they really didn't seem too concerned with with the, like breaking a rule or whatever. But you know, just for me, that's not how I like the race. And you know, I like you know being fair, and I don't want to be you know known as a cheater or anything like that because that's not how I like to ride. Yeah, no, for sure. A race. Um, so you said the A only section was um was gnarly. And I'm not going to disagree. I love the A only section there. I love that whole race. The Concho is one of my is is my favorite Texas race. Um, but I don't know. It felt extremely tamed down this year. I thought even last year, you know, run backwards from the way it was this year, um, it was much much tougher, uh, much more tough. The downhills seemed to be a lot steeper, and the uphills seemed to be a little bit gnarlier. Um, so tell me, you know, you said you thought it was gnarly. That's fine. You know, you're allowed to think you're, you could be more scared of a section well, than I, I am. I thought it was gnarly compared to the other tests. 
<laughs> All right. So yeah, give me give me your opinions on the A only section because I don't. There's a lot of people that don't get to ever see these A only type tests, and I think it's a good explanation of how awesome they are that we should we should uh, we should give these people. Um, I thought it compared to the other tests, I, I did think it was a little more technical as far as like there was a lot more rock on the trail, and uh, the one downhill was pretty tough not not i shouldn't say tough but you didn't want to go wide open down it because there was um you could go off either side there was like some pretty big drop offs so you just had to almost be patient and just you know just kind of do a fast trail ride through it is almost how i i rode it and i actually ended up crashing in it um at one of the bottom of the hills in front of shan the photographer guy like fell over right in front of him but he didn't get a picture of that? I think he did. I don't know. He said he did. I haven't seen it, but it wasn't it wasn't nothing too gnarly, but I like fell and just like landed perfectly on a rock on my hip and just like bruised it pretty good. I was probably going like two mile an hour or something. It was just something something pretty stupid, but you know, there was one hill climb I got to. There was three guys on it and luckily I I kinda zigzagged my way through and was able to get around all those guys on the hills but other than that it was a pretty uneventful test just a little more rockier and a little more hills yeah well you actually tied uh nick ferringer for second with a 447 in there with a fall and andrew delong got the first with a 440 so for a fall right in front of shan moore i still think tying for second's pretty good yeah it wasn't bad um (laughs) But it, it was it was one of those crashes. I you know I probably only lost you know a couple seconds. It just fell over. Bike was still running and got back going. It wasn't like I lost a whole bunch of time or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> when you go by Shan, do you hoot and holler at him, or are you too focused? No, I see him at the last minute. I think I'm too focused, and I, I'll see the flash, and it kind of uh, it doesn't catch me off guard, but I. I realize he's there, and he's always usually at the cool, cool sections where it's really neat. Right. Yeah. I always. Uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, I always. You know, I'm. I know I don't ride nearly as focused as you guys do, and that's fine. You know, that's why I'm a half-ass A open or A thirty rider, and you guys are professionals. But uh, I always see Shan or anybody else that I see on the trail, and I recognize him. I always like to give him a good hoot and holler and stuff, just because I think it's fun to. You know, it's like, oh, I see you. Oh, I know you're there. The problem is yeah. that Shan's always cleaning off his lens because I always just get passed by one of you guys. I mean, obviously, you were two rows in front of me this race, so you never passed me. You were already way in front of me. Uh, but he's always cleaning his lens. I was like, Shan, I want a picture, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he got a few good pictures. But, yeah, I, I, every time he's got one, I, I'm always, like, focused. And I guess I always, like, realize it at the last minute or last second that he's there. Yeah. Um, so besides the A only section being gnarly, obviously a good time. You know, you did pretty well in there, even though you fell in front of Shan. Um, wh- which other test maybe uh, stood out in your mind? Either enjoyed it, you know, it was gnarly. What, what kind of what else you got for us? I enjoyed um, the the last test was pretty fun. It, once you got out of the hills and got into that real fast bottom. It had like a sandy bottom, and it was just real fast sweep and turns, and they they ran you down like a creek gully or just a wide open creek bed. That was pretty fun. The last test was, I'd say, I probably enjoyed that one the most. Then I liked the fifth one pretty well. Yeah. The 
one. It was like 13 miles long. It, it and, didn't seem that long, did it? That long? It was like 12 and some change, but it it, yeah. it, it had so much open. Yeah, it was just so fast, and it, it started off down in kind of the same, just real fast bottom, just nice flowing turns where you just pin it. Then uh, it had a few little technical sections up in the hills, but I'd say the fifth and sixth were probably my two favorite. Yeah, um, I I thought the one thing maybe the only reason why I think the A only section didn't seem super gnarly is because we had just come out of that ten ten and a half ten four mile um, A and B only section, which was like ten miles of technical ass kickery. Um, yeah, and I think maybe that this it just it felt like such an extension of that that that's why like the A only section didn't really seem to. I guess you know, get my skirts ruffled because they had already been pretty ruffled in the section before, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> and it was only five miles long. It was pretty short too, so it it was kind of seemed like it was over before it started. Yeah. Before test. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, before we before we uh, before we let you go and, and uh, let you get too much into your evening before you rest up to go get all healthy and sleep tight in your little Betty bye for some training tomorrow. Um, so the GNCCs, how have you felt about the series so far? I think it's going well. Okay. Um, Florida started off well, and Georgia was going well, and I I still don't know what happened the last lap. I just got in the second um, in my class. I still think I was third overall, though, but passed all the Omaha guys and probably had about half a lap to go and just kind of made some bad choices, I guess, line choices, and got passed and just kind of fell apart, I guess. Right. It was uh, Pretty disappointing race for me. Um, took it pretty hard, um, but I did the best I could um, with uh, the situations that I was in. So uh, six wasn't what I wanted, but I guess overall I still was able to hold on to the points lead. But you know, this weekend I think it's going to be another mutter in North Carolina. Oh you my know. gosh, really? Well, we got some snow today. It didn't snit stick, but. Uh, yeah, the track's like a half hour from my house, and you know they're calling for rain Friday and Saturday. So hopefully, hopefully it's not too muddy. Now, um, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm just going to ask it. Were you riding a 350 or 450 in Georgia when in all that mud? 450. 450. Now that you know that there's a chance it's going to be a, a chance of another mudder, would you ever consider switching to the 350 because of that, or do you think you would always just stick to the 450 for the GNCCs? Uh, just stick to the 450 for GNCCs. I, uh, I actually did that last year. I switched to the 350 for, um, three rounds and didn't ride it bad, but I, I, I think the 450 suits me better for GNCCs and I'm just going to stick with it full time this year. Okay. No, cool. It's, it's interesting. Um, I didn't even notice that Grant Baylor was on a 450 XC, um, you know, and Shan had in his uh, reports that he was on one. I was like, no way. So I texted him, hey, what's up? You're on a 450XC. He's like, yep. I was like, what's up with that? And he said, I'm already getting ready for XC1 next year. Yeah. What is does that not – that's a kid with some determination right there, don't you think? Yeah, he – Um, I think it's smart uh, to, you know, get a year under his belt just riding the 450. And obviously he rides it pretty well. He's – uh. He's a big size boy, so I think the 450 suits him well, and he's definitely, I'd say he has the strength to ride it. So, um, you know, a year under his belt will definitely help him 
transition to next year in the XC1. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so Steel Creek, uh, talking with Hoop last week, it sounded like you've done, you know, you, you've done really well there in the past. Josh Strang's done really well there in the past. Um, obviously, we, I could, I really at this point hope it's not a mutter. I mean, I'll be on the sanctity of my couch watching the webcast. So I'm going to be, you know, I, I could kick back and have a good time watching you guys do whatever you do. Uh, but I'm hoping for a good race. Um, ah, man, yeah, I don't want it to be muddy. Have you, when was the last time you raced Steel Creek and it was muddy? Real bad muddy, uh, 2010 when they cut it short. Uh, it, that was probably the worst year they had it. Uh, 2011, uh, it was wet, but it was good. 12 was good. And last year was a little on the dry side, but, uh, you know, if it rains, the, hopefully the ATVs can, you know, get most of the mud off. And I think it's supposed to be nice Sunday, so hopefully the morning race can break it up or get all the mud off and make us a good racetrack for Sunday afternoon. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Those crazy ATVs. <laughs> well, um, did you know that you won uh, the Caselli Cup from the Dirt Bike Magazine guys? Yeah. Yeah, they called me um, – I want to say January or something, and uh, Ron Lawson called me and uh, told me, and you know it's pretty cool, um, real neat, uh, just pretty cool honor to to get that award. Yeah, and it's it's neat because you know and they mentioned this in the in their article, you know that they've they've obviously given out you know top off road racer awards in the past that kind of like numerically numbered people and been like, hey, high five for being awesome. But this year, now that they've kind of, you know, obviously with the passing of Kurt Caselli, that's kind of what they've named it is now the Caselli Cup. So I think it's cool that you're not just the winner, but you're the first winner of what is now the Caselli Cup. Um, so that's pretty neat. Is that something that you're going to be able to have and hold on to, like, for 2014? Or is it something maybe that, like, travels yearly? Or is it just, uh, you know, your name will go on it in their office or something? Uh, I'm not sure. They gave me a, a cool trophy, and I put it in my trophy room. So uh, you're, you're but, keeping it. That's mine now. Yeah, yeah. No, they <laughs> they uh, made a pretty sweet one with my name on it and stuff. But uh, I, I assume each year when they label the writer of the year, they get the the trophy and stuff. But it's it's really cool to get the first one, and um, you know I'll keep that for as long as I keep my trophies. Yeah. Well, if you ever get rid of it, can I call first dibs? Sure, but you ain't getting it. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. One day you could just, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got it right next to uh, my GNCC one. So it's uh, rates high up there. Right. Oh, I, yeah, no, I bet. Um, Okay, so ISDE this year. Are you in for another trophy team adventure? Yeah, yeah, I'm in, and... uh, I haven't signed the LOI, but verbally committed with Auntie and all that. So yeah, and you just for... verbally committed with seat time as well. You know that. Yeah, so, yeah. So we're a big deal. If uh, everything goes well, I, I know. Luckily, this year it's at the end of our race season, so uh, the Enduros and GNCCs will be done. So that'll be a nice relief that we can just focus on all that and not have to worry about getting back to uh, our our main series. Yeah, trying to like, oh my gosh, I need to stay healthy for the last two races of, you know, whatever you'd be trying to finish at the time. Yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. Well, awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, congratulations on kicking ass. I mean, you've got a heck of a points lead right now. You know, you're 60 points. 
you're 21 points up on uh, on Jesse Groom, who's coming in there second uh, for the National Enduro right now, going into Tennessee in two weeks. You've got a lot more racing still going on, though. You've got like three more weeks of racing, and then, then you get a break for Easter. So uh, yeah. I guess keep keep your head down or keep your head up, whichever one helps best and keeps your neck from getting sore. <laughs> and uh, keep the throttle pinned, though, right? That'll probably help the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, and it was good chatting with you. Yeah, no worries, man. Well, uh, I'm glad the baby's down and everything's going smooth. Uh, just uh, keep high-fiving the kid and uh, making him be an awesome little dude, all right? All right, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, man, take it easy. We'll talk soon. All right, we'll see you. Later. Awesome. It's always fun to have Mr. Charlie Mullins on. Uh, he was flying this past weekend. Um, we were at the race. We did get to watch um, him leave a couple times. I was on row 23 with Stuart Baylor Jr., um, so he would leave two minutes before us when row 21 would leave, and him and Tony Joyner, dude, just, just on it. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome to watch those guys do that. Um, so love having the dude on. Um, of course, we're going to transition now into what will be the Fly Racing Pipeful of Awesome Awards segment. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll actually come up with something. But for right now, that was it. Um, no. So obviously a huge, huge supporter of Seat Time is our good friends over at Fly Racing. Um, obviously we like to talk about a little bit of the product that uh, they've got going on and they are releasing their Ripa Convert jersey and the Warpath uh, shorts. Now these are mountain bike specific. These are not dirt biking apparel. These are for specifically for mountain biking. Um, but what's neat about this is I don't know, there's people out there, you try to get a little personal. You're like, oh, do I go full sleeve? Do I go three-quarter sleeve? Well, it's neat, just like they do in the mount, in the dirt bike pants where they say, hey, do you want to have elastic? Do you not want to have elastic? How do you want this to work? Um, they offer that same availability in the jersey now with uh, for the convert. So with this, you have the ability to cut it at a three-quarter length sleeve or at the full length sleeve. And uh, with that... It's you know much more comfort that you can have whichever way you want to be. I think it's cool because you can have the three quarter sleeve and then you can full off show off your full sleeve if you have tattoos. I guess I don't know. However, that works for people with tattoos and the sleeves, or I guess sleeves because I have tattoos. Um, a little bit about the jersey though. Obviously, the convertible three quarter sleeves, um, high quality mesh panels in the upper back, just like the kinetic mesh. If you guys have talked about from the spring release last year, uh, it helps improve airflow and exhaust where you sweat the most. Uh, it's performance fit tailored to the needs of cycling. It's got a drop tail for coverage and raglan sleeve cut for comfort while riding. That's those three three quarter sleeves if you're into that sort of thing these days so obviously big supporters of seat time is our good friends over at fly racing go check them out at flyracing.com um and it is time to announce this week's pintful of awesome award winner of course as always i like to call out a couple honorable mentions because there are never just one awesome picture there are tons and tons of awesome pictures and with that i have to say there are quite a few honorable mentions this one this weekend i had a moto photo chick 29 um she's the wife of uh, one of the rippers that we had on a couple weeks ago six shots of all the rippers up there in the northeast uh, the j-day guys i just wanted to say thanks for tagging all those pictures those dudes are going they're really good pictures and um, I'm liking all the badassery. Uh, Dan Bromley, 54. Dude, way to jack up your finger. It was super bloody, disgusting. It looked like a burnt hot dog out of a fire. Um, 
Very appreciative for that for sure. Benny G, Corona Life. I like that. There's a picture of just a bam. It was like Corona in front of a window. It was very artistic and uh, tabbed. So damn Skippy on that one. Really enjoyed it. So honorable mentions. Thanks, guys, for tagging it. And our winner is RJ Stone uh, at rstone712 um, is the Instagram handle, uh, username, handle, however you want to go with that. Um, why did I pick this picture? I picked this picture because multiple facets. One, I liked the way it was composed. I liked the Red Bull arch with the guys there right in the center. Dual slalom racing. That is what sold me on this picture. Um, it took me back to all the days of racing mountain bikes, going to downhill nationals, going to race dual slalom in California and West Virginia, stuff like that. Super, super uh, just brought back a lot of awesome memories um, and especially upsetting that uh, dual slalom is so dead in in the way that it has trying to go to mountain cross and then from mountain cross to nothing uh back to dual slalom back to nothing um and so i just wanted to say keep racing dual slalom keep being awesome thank you r stone 712 rj stone for tagging us pintful of awesome in your picture um please message us on facebook i'll of course reach out to you um, but in case you're listening please reach out to us on facebook and message us and we will get you hooked up so thank you to everybody so far that has tagged your pictures keep tagging your pictures because we will keep this going as long as fly racing wants to give away free stuff we're going to keep using the hashtag to do it so that's how you do it just keep tagging all your posts hashtag uh, pint full of awesome and bam 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 i pick something awesome and we give away fly racing swag and in this case mountain bike stuff so who knows what it's going to be next week i don't I get a call and we like, hey, what's next? I don't know. And we talk about it. So we have our next guest is uh, Mr. Shane Hufford Jr. I believe he is on the line. Mr. Shane, are you there? Yep. Awesome. We can hear you fine. We can't see you, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and scoot around on the internet for a picture of you and get you up there. But for some reason, you see a section that says video with a big X slash through it. Turn it on, so that way we can see your video. And if it comes through, we'll make sure it works. But right now, we can hear you fine. So you just keep answering all these fun questions, and we'll keep the keep the fun going. Sound good? Yeah, look at that. I think I got it. Uh-oh. Woo! Look at, that. look at that. Technology, folks. We're figuring it out. Today's the day. Today's the day. Are you using your phone? Uh, I'm on a tablet, my buddy's tablet. That's okay. Comfort oh, family's not that advanced yet. Hey, we're getting there. KR4, buddy. Arrive and ride and arrive and technologize. Technologize? I don't know. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. But, uh, one, congratulations on your best National Enduro finish, and thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And so you've been driving a lot <laughs> from Texas. You Did you just get home today? Yeah, about probably four hours ago oh man and so where is home for you as of right now uh tiny brook pennsylvania it's like kind of southeast pennsylvania pennsylvania is that is that what the kids call pa yeah pa pa all right no no hey man i'm from texas i just got to make sure i'm getting things straight we live in a bubble texas oh you don't have that texas ego do you no 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 i don't i I don't have any uh no i don't think do i have it steven do i have an ego Texas ego. Well, he just Te- he's Texas born, man. <laughs> Te- yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we might. There might be. I think what I would say is that Texans are prideful. Um, and in yeah, that maybe that's what I meant. And then, no, no, no. And that that's fine. And in that pride, I can absolutely see some people seeing a lot of ego. 
<laughs> because yes, Texans can be a little what, interesting. I'm not gonna lie. What's bigger in Texas? I I didn't see anything bigger. Dude, Texas is just big. We're just like, bam. I don't know. Everything's bigger in Texas. Is that what the is that the slogan? Bigger, better in. Te- I don't know. I don't know. I'd say the racing was better in Texas, wouldn't you, Mister Hufford? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know, unlike anything I've ever rode before. Yes, and that's that is not just your great performance, but that's one of the things that I wanted to hear from you because coming from PA, from Pennsylvania, that is a northeast region. You know, you hear a lot about the rocky terrain, the tight woods, that kinds of stuff. Now, obviously, we didn't have too many tight woods this past weekend, but we did have a lot of rocks. So, for for viewers that might you know relate well to you being from Pennsylvania or from the northeast and know those kind of terrains. Kind of explain in your own words what you thought of, you know, the Concho Enduro this past weekend. Uh, it it wasn't really similar to PA Rock. We uh, we do have a spot here in PA. It, it's in Pottsville, kind of old coal mines and stuff, and a lot of shale rock, and that's kind of it was kind of similar to that actually. Uh, you know, real real slick, hard packed, and kind of had soot and some shale rock on top. So it it made it really uh. You know, it made it different from you know anything I ever saw before. Yeah. Um, so your your test looked really good. Um, you know, if you were to just say, "Oh, look at the numbers," you know, like your placement, obviously, with a you got fourth, third, yeah. sixth, fifth, fifth, and fourth. So you, you didn't really at no point was there a dramatic drop off, and and even then, so you had a a good bit of a gain there at the end, which is fantastic to see. Um, you know, some, sometimes, you know, riders get tired and kind of start to, to drop off and wean a little bit, which you did not. You came right back up there in the fourth place, which is where you finished overall for the day. So what did you think of the tests? Did you think that they were long enough? Did you think they were fast enough? Were they tough enough? Well, they were definitely long enough. It just, <laughs> I, I think, you know, so open and fast. It, it didn't feel like, you know, the normal 10-mile tight South Carolina test that kind of, you know, it went by quick. And for as tough enough, there was definitely probably one or two tests that were, you know, real tough, kind of more technical than anything. You know, everyone thinks of Texas being wide open. It was, you know, it was nothing close to that in a couple of tests. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it's, we were uh, just talking with Mr. Mullins, and he was calling uh, uh, the, the, the A-only section. He called it gnarly. And I was like, yes, I would definitely call it gnarly, even though mm, – <laughs> Here, here is my take on it. I kind of was thinking that this was the easiest that a only section has ever been, but I think now that I, now that him and I had kind of chatted about it, I think I feel that way because that a b section, which was test three beforehand, was so technical. It was 10, 10 and at ten eight ten point eight miles of nasty technical um, terrain, and then it just kind of bled over into this a only, which really wasn't that much more difficult. Um, so what did you think of that A-B section that was right before the A-only split? I, I honestly thought the A-B section should have been the A section only. It, uh, Bam. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> guys, you know, guys piled on both sides of the trail. You know, you kind of just shoot yourself up in the middle of them and, uh, you know, hope you make it. It was, it was, it was pretty, it was gnarly. Yeah. Charlie's it's, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> there was, uh. I got tagged in Instagram today, so there was a. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember. Unfortunately, I don't remember the uh, the name of the gentleman that had the video. But uh, Zach Huberty from Innovation Off Road tagged me yep. in uh, this guy's video footage of him catching me 
on an uphill climb in that A B section, and I'm just like, you know, dog paddling both feet down this uphill rock section, trying <laughs> to make it. It was pathetic. By no means was I doing a good job, but I made it to the top, and uh, and yeah, I think, matters. yeah, and I think I weaved just enough right in front of him that he didn't pass me, at least in that section. Now he could have caught me, and I might have let him go later, but still, it was. Uh, <laughs> I think I looked well and pathetic in that little section that I got tagged in. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any uh, issues that we may not know about um, on Sunday's race? Uh, Just anything? Honestly, that... no. Everything went pretty good? I'm not at all, yeah. I I didn't fall once all day. I don't, I don't know if, it, if that means you're not riding hard enough or you're not trying, but I, I didn't fall once all day. I just kept it up, and uh, I didn't didn't get lost you know it was pretty pretty clean day it's you know it's perfect that's awesome yeah it sounds like uh mullins had a couple small bobbles here and there he fell right in front of shan in the uh, in the a only (laughs) section which is awesome we're gonna have to see if shan has that picture which would be fantastic um talking with talking with grant he says the same thing that he did not fall all day rode really smooth and consistent and that kind of shows um with that very dry dusty terrain with that crazy rocky you know shaly rock on top is that how you have to attack it you have to attack it more mentally than you do physically ah uh, yeah i think so you know it you know i definitely i, I was definitely trying to be more care, careful you know if you if you fall out there you're you could you know and end a lot more than just the day yeah there's there's quite a few cliffs that would uh suck yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so you've been picking up your pace, I think is a good way to say it. Um, I noticed last year at the end of the end of last year in the GNCCs, um, you had had a couple podiums earlier in 2013 in the XC2 class or, or, you know, top five finishes. Um, yeah. and then you had a couple podiums and a couple and a couple good top five finishes at the end of last year. So it looked like you, you know, you were kind of starting to pick it up. It's like, okay, cool. Well, how's this 2014 going to look? And I would say th- so far, your 2014 is looking quite awesome because you've got a podium in the XC2, you've got another top five, and now you've done you know your 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 best in the National Enduro Series, which is a top four. Um, but how are you feeling about the way things are progressing for you in your career? I mean, I feel good. Kind of this winter, it was you know I, I didn't have a ride, so I was kind of you know him hollering around. I didn't exactly you know stay stay with riding all year and. Up here in PA, you know, everything's frozen. We had the worst winter, you know, here in a while. So I just really, just really tried to come into this year, you know, more mentally than anything and, you know, try, try not to be a head case and just stick with it and, you know, you give it my best and if it's not enough, it's not enough. If it is, you know, you know, hopefully that leads somewhere else. You never know. Right. Um, so how did the KR4 performance uh, ride come along that you have? Tell us a little bit more about the, the program that you have with them and how all that kind of came about. Well, it came about, you know, real last minute. I had, I think, two weeks from the GNCC when we, you know, kind of signed the deal. I, uh, Fred, actually Fred Andrews, he's, he's kind of taken over the program. And uh, he, he came up to me, you know, you know, last minute. And, uh, you know, he offered to me and it was, it was, you know, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was a, you know, it was a good deal. And I signed it and got aboard and, you know, put my bike in the van and headed to Florida and started riding and just, you know, trying to put it all together we're kind of taking just step by step here 
Cool. It, it, by no means, we're, we're, I'm not asking specifics, of course, but, you know, is it kind of a, a salary deal or are you guys going off of, you know, uh, you know pay for pay for play kind of thing or, or you know, how, how is your deal with them kind of structured? Uh, we're pretty much uh, back home here. There's a local shop side performance and uh, Evan Yarnell is kind of the operator of it. And he he really helped me last year get to, you know, get to the podium. We, uh, we put a lot of work in last year, you know, getting the bike dialed up. And, you know, I come from an Endora, you know, Endora standpoint. I was always kind of a tight technical rider. And, you know, I love the Endoros. You know, they're great. But as far as, you know, making a living or, you know, getting support, I, I needed to do something bigger. And that's kind of why we wanted to go to GNCCs. And, you know, he, he he's kind of still – he's still with me this year. You know, his name's a little smaller on the bike, but he's prepping all my bikes – you know, we're still doing our same, you know, same things, you know, last year, but really just Kara Fours, you know, they're, there's help, they're helping us out with, you know, gear parts and, you know, giving us a budget and, you know, really tying all the pieces me and Evan couldn't do ourselves together. And it looks like it's really been helping a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, sure. It, it, it's, it's a lot easier. You know, we're, I'm thankful for Kara Fords. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it, and, now that you're a little bit, now that you're, you know, associated with Car Four and you're kind of helping them out and they're helping you out, um, h- how have you seen um, people, uh, I guess, involved with their arrive and ride program? It seems like it's a fantastic program. We're looking forward to taking advantage of it in the future. But kind of having been right there on the sidelines, uh, how's it been for you watching? Oh, we lost him. That's okay. While Steven gets him back up, obviously I'm going to go ahead and talk about another one of our fantastic sponsors, um, and we'll get that moving on. Um, so uh, a good supporter of Sea Time is Fast Company. If you do not know who Fast Company is, you definitely want to go to their website and check them out. It's fastco.com. Um, and with that, um, you might think know of them as the guys who make the flex bars. You're like, flex bars? What are those? They're not just for old guys that ride. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you need a recluse because you're old. No, you, it's a product that helps you ride better. Um, it, it, it's also, it, you don't need to be injured or, or recovering from an injury to be able to use this product well. This is a product that can easily help you ride better, ride longer, and ride faster. Um, and it's definitely something I think everybody should go and at least check out if you don't know anything about it. So you can go to fastco.com and learn more about the flex bars. Um, I do use them on my bike. Um, I've used them since my so- shoulder surgery, and I got them because of that. But then I, now that I ride with them, I ride with them all the time. I don't just ride with them when I'm injured or when I'm recovering. Um, and as well, they're the makers of the Torque, sp- uh, the Torx spoke wrench. I can't say that three times fast. I apologize. Um, this is the best tool out there, opposed to trying to use your wrench as a tuning fork and figure out if all of your spokes are tensioned the same, you just use their tool. It's the easiest thing out there. It's so awesome. So definitely go to their website, check it out. Um, and, and what's even better is if you're in Washington, Utah, you can go to their shop and ask them to go take you on a ride and they'll do that because you can ride right out of their back door. It is phenomenal. Um, those dudes are awesome. We're so thankful that they're a supporter of Sea Time and that we've been able to go and meet them and hang out with them and, and just and kick it with them and have beers with them because they're cool dudes more than anything else. So big thanks to them for their support. All right, well, we got you back up and running. Um, so GNCCs, um, tell me about how much it sucks to race for three hours. Uh, you know, it, it's not that bad, 
But, you know, some of them, like Georgia, I mean, that obviously sucked. It was, you know, it doesn't just suck for you, though. It sucks for everyone, so. Right, yeah, that's true. Uh, Charlie was just saying the weather makes it look like Steel Creek this weekend could be another uh, mud race. Hey, let's not talk about that now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't bring that up. Oh, my gosh. I'd like to in pieces. Come on. <laughs> Is it? Is that the case right now? Yeah, I actually, the past weekend I rode one of Kara Force 300s. I didn't even ride my race bike. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's true. I bet you you guys did not have much time to turn that whole thing around, did you? Uh, not at all. Oh my gosh. We, uh, I actually just pulled suspension off the race bike and put it on this stock 300 and went out and rode it. So we, we were just really hoping for the best. Oh, well, that's a good thing it worked out. What And what bike are you riding? Are you riding a 250 in the XC2 class? Yep, Okay. 250 XC. Yeah, so it, it, the suspension then from a 250 to a 300, there's, I mean, it's just a little bit extra power. You wouldn't need any kind of different valving or anything for that, would you? No, not at all. It's, okay. you know, the bike weighs the exact same. You know, it's just 300 has a little bit more low end than a 250. 250 likes to rev. That's really the only difference I noticed from a 250 to 300. Right. And um, so for the, did you ride the 300? For any other reason than it was the bike that was available, or did you choose a 300 because you wanted a 300 for the enduro? It's what we had, hey. you know. We we had to make it work, and you know, sure enough, it, it worked out. So it was no, good. yeah, no, absolutely, and, and I, yeah, that you have to do that sometimes. That's for sure. That was uh, that was me. I was uh, making that FE 350 Husky that I was on this past weekend. I made it work. <laughs> I made it work good. I made it work to like a really shitty place in the A30 plus class. <laughs> Hey, finished, right? Oh boy, sure did. I finished with a flat front tire. <laughs> so that last that oh, whole what? that whole last test section I was running with a flat front tire. How can you run tubes? Come on. Because it was a rep bike. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it was not my machine, that's how. I've uh, I've been running the new uh, the, the new tubeless setup. Um the, the new oh. the, the generation two tubeless. Um, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. No, it, it's not bad. I don't want to give a total review yet because I honestly haven't had a chance to to test it to the full extent that I would like to. But so far, I've had really good success with it. So if anybody's been thinking about it, I'd check it out because it's definitely a product worth looking into. It's cheaper than bibs um, and tire balls and things like that. Setup, it's a little interesting. Um, but they've got good videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it, it's all right. It's all right. Well, Shane Hufford, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us some backstory. You and the PA Woods, man, did you, like, grow up in a moonshine farm? Like, we need to know more about you. Uh, I mean, there's not – I've been riding for a long time. I kind of just been under the radar, I guess you could say. Not, not many people really know, you know. I guess everyone's saying I just popped up this year. But – uh. I raced, you know, I raced youth. I came up through. I, I raced GNCCs on 65s, 85s with, you know, with the Baylor boys. And, you know, I, I kind of got to big bikes. And then my dad kind of, you know, didn't get sick of racing. But, you know, it, he took me to a lot of races. He spent a lot of his own money. And we don't really come from a wealthy family. So, it's you know, it's kind of, it's getting hard. And right. so I just, I just started racing local series here, uh, East Coast Indoor Association Series. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yep, I have just because of Mr. Zach Huberty always talking to me about craziness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I raced that, and uh, actually, I got I met Mike through that series actually, and uh, we just we hooked up, and he said, "Hey, why don't you know come try some Endoras?" Mike Lafferty. Yeah. 
But uh, he said, well, I, you know, come try some Enduros. So I started, you know, doing, doing the National Enduros, just me, me, my mom, my dad every now and then, you know, kind of drive out the one. And I started doing pretty good and raced 250A and then turned pro in the Enduros and raced a year for that. And then I actually rode for uh, Air Group Radiant Racing, the team that Behringer's on now. Yep. Did that for a year and uh, things, you know, they were good, just didn't really work out. And, you know, I was looking, looking for something else. So I, uh, you know, Went, went me and Evan. I met Evan through, you know, Mike through ECA. You know, just kind of, you know, brought us together. And uh, he, he said, "Hey, you know, if you want to race, and you know, I'll build you a bike. You know, get you there. You know, he's helped me out with traveling and everything. And we did GNCCs last year, and you know, kind of led us led us to the KR4 deal this year. Cool. Well, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to getting to know a lot of the guys over there at KR4 a little bit better, taking advantage of their program. Um, so. What do you think about, have you seen and had a chance to interact with any of the people coming in and taking advantage of the Arrive and Ride program? Uh, not quite yet, but, uh, you know, it's still, it's still new. And from, from what I've been seeing, it's, you know, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. You, know, you, you pay your money, you show up, you ride. You don't got to worry about, you know, there's mechanics there to help you, you know, work on the bike, you know, pit. You just, for the everyday guy, it's perfect in my eyes. I mean, I, if I didn't race, you know, if I, if I didn't race for, you know, professionally or I, I think I'd be all about it. Yeah. I think it's a great way to be able to get out there and do, you know, races on more of a national caliber level or national level that you wouldn't be able to make because, you know, of the fact of driving across country and bringing all your crap and yeah. all that kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, for, for no, you know, 40, 50 hour a week guy, there's not time, you know, come home and wrench on the bike and, you know, you, you don't want to spend your nights doing that. It just, it makes it not fun. I agree. I agree. I had to do it last night on the reps bike, and it sucked. I'm going to be fr- fixing a flat tire after this episode. Just give that pass, right? Oh, I wish. I wish. I, I, unfortunately, he's not just a rep. He's a friend. So I can't just, like, totally wheel it on back and be like, thanks for letting me get it dirty. <laughs> but uh, we did have a question from the chat room, and they wanted to know what your favorite ECEA event was. Favorite ECEA uh i don't know a lot of guys are probably gonna hate me for this but I'd, I'd say the last round every year it's it's in like mid-november it's at blue diamond mx park and it's just it's wide open you know m- moto track that run us through an amusement park we're on the pavement it's just all around it's, it's different it's awesome oh man that does sound like a lot of fun so is uh, the ecea is that that's more of a like a cross-country hair scramble kind of uh series yeah okay they, they also have the old style indoors too kind of big association okay and then uh you guys still have timekeepers up there right yeah actually i've never done one never uh, never (laughs) i was not saying anything bad about it hey uh yeah it's funny um so zach huberty actually rode with us back into the dfw area um from concho and uh, he was telling us about how they're still you know they still have timekeepers up there um and all that kinds of stuff and i said well, you know what? I, I grew up doing timekeepers with my dad. I enjoyed doing timekeepers. I understand that there is uh, you know, some legacy to hold on to there. But I was like, the problem is, is that the sport was just dying. Um, you know, there was no growth in the sport. It was just the numbers were dwindling. Um, and in the preservation and perseverance of trying to get the sport to carry on, they didn't make some changes. And we wound up with kind of this, you know, 
sprint-esque National Enduro Series that we have now, and I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. We still get really, really long, um, really long tests, and when we can go out east, you know, really out east, we can get some really, really tight stuff, which is nasty and gnarly. You're talking about like the 10 and 12 mile long sections there in South Carolina. Those will kick your ass. You don't need a clock or a you know 18 mile an hour test section to tell you that that shit will whoop your ass. So, um, you know, and then we've got guys in the chat room that say timekeepers rock. <laughs> so you can't make anybody happy, can you? Not at all. <laughs> That's okay. We're here to uh, we're here to just uh, have a good time and goof off. So, if there was one thing that somebody would look at you and make an assumption on, what do you think that it would be? I'm a little, probably I'm a little guy. You're a little guy. Little guy. You're a little guy. Hmm. Is that like muscularly? You're like a little guy, or like, you know, like, oh, I just have a soft voice and don't talk very deep, or like. Well, I heard that before when I come up on lappers and yell at them. They tell me I yell like a girl. I mean, <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Would you get out the way, please? <laughs> so, I don't even yell anymore. I just rev the bike. <laughs> yeah, you're like. Bah, 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 bah. Oh my gosh. I had one guy get all kinds of upset with me. Um, I think it was in that A, that A, B only section we were talking about right before the A only section. Um, and it's, it's wide enough. I mean, it's easily wide enough to where if he just got off of the beaten path, you know, just a foot to his left or a foot to his right, I could have easily like scooted on by. So I'm kind of revving the bike and just like, whoop, whoop, you know, like, gently saying, hey, I'm behind you, get out of the way. And uh, he just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. I find I'm just like, pick a side. And, like, as I go by, he's he, like, I could hear just, like, he's, like, yelling at me and cursing and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't get it sometimes how people can't figure out that all they have to do is, like, they don't even have to move a full half a foot and they're over enough of the way to be out of the way for guys behind them slow ones like myself even to make a pass so uh what did you have any issues this past weekend getting around uh lappers or uh, slower no, riders too bad i mean you know the dust made it difficult definitely but uh actually a quick story real, real quick back oh, here yeah. bring it you ready i got a story for you <laughs> we uh back here in eca series i was I was, it was like the last lap that came around and my throttle started sticking on my bike. So I, I guess I got a piece of sand or something down in the car, and the throttle was just sticking wide open. And we came to this real tight section, and all these guys thought they were, uh, you know, you know, they just thought I'll sit back there, hold my bike wide open. You know, everyone's <laughs> up, you know, get, getting off their bikes. They want to fight me. I'm like, take my hands off the bars. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're like, guys, it's just my ego. I'm sorry. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's my Texas size ego, guys. Come on. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> oh my gosh so uh so tell us a little bit more about the northeast though about the racing that goes on up there and, and kind of what you've gone through um to get where you've gotten have you while you've made your way up the ranks maybe into the a class and into like kind of the pro ranks and stuff like that do you feel like you were always one of the faster guys or do you feel like you really had to work for it i guess did it come natural uh it came natural a little bit but i definitely you know I, I put in a lot of time and a lot of weekends and, you know, I always rode with better people to kind of push myself and, uh, back home here, I, I, I can't, you know, speak from experience, but I think our local series is pretty, you know, pretty stacked and tough. We have, you know, we have Mike Lafferty back here. We have Grome, 
uh, you know, we just, we, it's, we have tough guys back here that to beat and that, you know, I think that makes you better. Yeah. No, I would agree for sure. You could tell that's why I suck because I've never beaten Cole Kirkpatrick and, uh, whenever he shows up at a race, everybody's always like, well, it, it sucks. <laughs> uh, what's that? Pack her in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, by no means have I ever been competitive enough to keep up with Cole Kirkpatrick, but, um, we did actually have a, a local guy, Hayden Franklin, um, who's won the, the, the regional Texas, you know, the TSEC series quite a few times. Um, he had a really bad wreck this past weekend. I don't know. I saw like pictures of him getting like a chest tube put in and stuff. So, well, yeah, I know it's, it's, uh, um, did you hear anything else about any other injuries or anything? I think besides him, he was like the only serious injury I really heard of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't hear too much. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see anything or, you know, it was a pretty clean day for me. Yeah, no, it's not hitting the ground is the way to do it for sure. So yeah, would you I go did, back? Oh, what was that? Would you go back? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you do good, you, you know, you're going to say you're, you'll go back. <laughs> right. Is this, is this a unique enough event that we should try to see about keeping it on the schedule? Like, should it become, you know, maybe kind of iconic? Um, I I don't I I don't get a chance to do the other series you know the other national enduros unless they're in the south so I don't know how how much this one sticks out as different from a lot of the other ones so I don't really know if I I'm like oh yeah it should totally be there all the time but I don't know if it's different enough if it's eclectic enough and, you know you've probably done a lot of the other races so yeah yeah I definitely you know I definitely think it's different there's there's nothing like that you know. It's, okay. you know, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, North Carolina, you know, back here, it's, it's all pretty similar, you know, and you, you go to Texas and, you know, it, there's nothing, nothing like it. Right. Um, what about heading further West? Now, obviously we're going to be going to uh, Colorado later this year. Um, we have been to Wyoming in the past. It's been a very, very long time though. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, why don't you come to California? Now that's a lot of traveling to come all the way across the nation. Um, you know, but you're on a program like the Arrive and Ride. You know, you guys are going to be able to make the logistics work out for that um, and probably figure it out for other people. Do you see – how would you feel maybe about the series heading even further west than we are going to this year? I mean, it just it makes it harder for, I think, a lot of people. It, uh, you know, it definitely keeps it a national series. I, I think that's really good. But as far as traveling, I mean, it, 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 I think it's really going to make it tough. Yeah. Now, and that was another conversation we had on the way back in the car. It's like, man, you're right. I would love it to be a full national series. Like, I mean, like a full on national enduro series, but man, it is just such a beating. And that's why, you know, you have kind of like the Heron Hounds are, you know, the cross country hair scrambles of the West. And then the cross countries and hair scrambles of the East are the Heron or the, of the, you know, are the Heron Hounds of the East. Like they don't, they don't mix well in the sense just because, you know, the guys in the West can't make it to the East and vice versa. Um, that's why I wish that big sky was happening again. So we could have that full on national and, you know, national off-road champion claimed from the West to the East, the central all together. So that would be really cool. Yeah, sure. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, good luck this coming weekend for steel Creek. Um, we're going to see you at Big Buck for sure, which we're looking to, forward to in about two and a half weeks. That'll be a fun time. You never know. We might even wind up crashing on your floor. Um, 
it's going to be interesting. We don't really know yet where we're staying, but I figure Steven's really attractive and I'm barely good looking, so we could probably make something work. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, it might Pretty get weird. No, no, no. <laughs> nah, that's okay. It might get weird, but you know, we're, we're all going to be able to still look at each other on Sunday and feel good about ourselves. <laughs> Oh, I'm having too much fun over here. All right. Well, seriously, congratulations on doing so well at this National Enduro this past weekend. I hope that it keeps up, that the you know that you keep kicking ass, um, and and that you get on the top st- uh, top step of the XC2 class, and maybe even a National Enduro in the near future. What do you think? Uh, I hope for sure. You know, I'm giving my all, and you know, hopefully it works out. Awesome, dude. Well, um, who else been th- uh, helping you out? Give us give us a round of your shout outs, my friend. That'll be good for everybody, I think. I had to make a list. There's so many people. I still uh, get That's all right. I, I still ask my wife what her middle name is sometimes. So, hey, we all need help. I do the same thing to my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, for sure, KR4. You know, they, you know they're KR4, uh, far off-road, uh, solid performance, Evan at solid, you know, wrenching on all the bikes, keeping stuff together. Uh, KTM, Maxxis Tires, Fly Racing, Asterix Races, Silkeline, Pro Circuit. Uh, used to be hydration, Arai helmets, Sunstar sprockets, BKS brand, DT1 filters, DP brakes, Indoor Engineering, and Stickman Graphics. Nice. That was a lot, wasn't it? Hey, man, that's okay. The people that are helping you are the people that are making your dream come alive right now, so it's very important to do that, as I think. So. You know, I think I think the most important people are just, you know, the family and, you know, the whole Andrews family. They pretty much housed me when I was down in Florida and fed me, and, you know, that, that was awesome. <laughs> I bet, dude. I bet. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, if you come back to Texas, we'll uh, we'll try to help out as much as we can too. And by that point, all of our all of my kids are going to be old enough, um, so they they might be able to you know babysit or do some other stuff. I don't know. My my kids are crazy, so it's insane. You can only imagine. I am as interesting as I am, and my kids are probably going to be three times as worse. So <laughs> I apologize to the world now. Well, good luck, dude. Get some sleep. I know you've been on the road. Get your bike fixed. Get ready for Steel Creek, and uh, you have fun out there. We'll see you in two and a half weeks. Does that sound good? Perfect. All right, dude. Well, you take it easy. Thanks for being on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Later. All right. So as we switch to our third guest, Mr. Jewel Brown, hopefully he actually is most likely either finishing his drive to uh, Idaho or having had just finished his drive from Texas all the way to Idaho. Um, this dude's a pretty cool dude. It'd be fun to talk to him. While we get switched over, I do want to say thank you very much to one of our good friends and supporters of Sea Time, Alan Stillwell and the guys over at Stillwell Performance. Uh, if you guys don't know, they are the suspension of choice for guys like Cody Webb, Corey Grafunder, Kyle Redman, and Luis Forsley. Um, you can definitely you can head to their website, you can call them at the shop, and ask how they can make your off-road experience that much better. Um, you definitely want to tell them that the guys over at Sea Time, myself, Woody B. Pierce, uh, Brian Pierce, if you want to be more professional about it, said that uh, we told you to head on over, and yes, there will be some special treatment involved. It's a lot of fun with those guys to be able to um, get on the phone with Alan, talk to him about your riding style, tell him what you're looking for in your suspension setup and how you want your bike to perform, and then he goes through all of his questions with you, um, then you get the, your suspension back, then you get all the feedback. You could text him, you could call him. It's so easy to make adjustments with those guys. So definitely check them out. Stillwellperformance.com. Tell them that Seat Time sent you, and they will help and hook you up and make it a good time. Thank you for your support. So, Mr. Jubal Brown, you look very professional, my kind, my my good friend. 
Uh-oh. No audio. Oh, no. So close to being the best setup ever. Oh, no. I bet you it's the same thing as Strang from last week. Oh, wait. I heard something. Can, can there, you hear me now? Yes. That was it. All right. Say, you told me to use these headphones, and then it didn't work out. Stupid headphones. What do I, Don't listen to me. What do I know? Hey, I don't. I don't know what you know. You you know how to have some rocking hair. That's about it. <laughs> After that, I just duct tape it to my face. Perfect. Yeah, I know, right? All right. So, Mister Jewel Brown, you and I, unfortunately, we it's been a while. We didn't get a chance to chat this past weekend. We have chatted at other races in the past, but tell us, did you really like just get home from your drive from Texas? Okay, so I literally got home about two minutes before the show started and ran in the house. I got cleaned up a little bit and then jumped on my computer and, and caught, uh, caught Charlie's interview and Shane's and everything else. So I've been standing by. Oh, my time. gosh. Well, we are very much appreciative. Um, you are one of those gentlemen that I like. I like to catch up with what's going on. Um, I like reading your little uh, you know, posts and things like that that you put up on Verb and on uh, on the Internet, on Facebook. Um, it and so I knew that you would have a lot of good insight, um, not just to this past weekend, but everything else that's been going on, because I know you've been kind of traveling the East Coast, doing some of the GNCCs, doing a lot of the other stuff going on there. So that was one of my big perks for this, is like I, I get a chance to talk with Mr. Jubal Brown and all the <laughs> shenanigans and, and things that are going on. So uh, just overall synopsis, what did you think about um, the Concho Enduro? Well, Concha Enduro was awesome. Um, it was kind of a continuation. That was like week five of my trip. Um, I think in the last maybe six weeks, I've slept in my own bed maybe four or five nights. Nice. And, uh, you know, I, I, the Concha was actually probably the most familiar to me. I mean, I've never raced it before, but uh, I'd say it's closer to the riding that I'm used to in Idaho um, than, you know, than like the Sand Lapper was or the Alligator. So, you know, it's funny listening to uh, the Shane talk about it. He's all like, man, I've never seen anything like that before. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is like more <laughs> like home to me. So. Um, that's interesting that you say that it's something like what you've you've written a lot before. Now, you are – do you live in Bellevue, Idaho still? Is that kind of hometown? Yes, sir. Born oh, and raised. Okay. Now, the closest I've been to that was Idaho City in 2012 for the qualifier. Um, right. That was awesome. That was, so, I mean, 220 miles in two days, and that was bitching, bitching terrain. Um, but so, how much different is where you live from there at Idaho City? Well, if you look at Idaho City, like I would say that um, people from out of town, you know, they look at Idaho City and they're like, "Man, you know, those are those are the best trail. This is God's country. You know, I can't right. believe you have trails like that. They're they're so nice and and you know, practically prepped and." I always laugh. I'm like, are you kidding? That's like the whooped out freeway, you know, like our stuff uh, up by Sun Valley, you know, it, it's ridiculous. Um, I think, I think it was Moto, I lost, I lost track of my motos, maybe Moto 3 or Moto 4 when Shane Waltz is up there in the Oldaho Mountains, you know, just staring it up at his dead. And, uh, you know, that's my hometown, man. I know exactly where those trails are. So, you know, anytime, Shane, you want to come up and roll, just hit me up, you know, be happy to take you out in the Oldaho Mountains again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome so man so what we rode in idaho city is whooped out trails that yep i would have said that that was god's country as well and now i feel <laughs> like i'm missing out on much more badassery 
Well, hey, if you want to come up early or late, just hit me up and we'll go for a ride. Oh, I was just about to say how much I do not want to ever make that drive again. Ever. I don't know how you do it, man. Do you just have like a mental thing that you like turn off and on to be able to just sit in that car and go? Yeah, I've just been in the car for like 45 hours in the last, you know, four days. It was no big deal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. I would. And you're sitting down right now doing seat time. You're an animal. An animal. You must never <laughs> well, get monkey butt. I was going to have to. <laughs> I was worried I was going to have to pull over and go to like a Denny's or something, you know, and like set up my little tablet and have a burger with you. Well, uh, it's funny because Starbucks is for whatever reason has been like the, the stop of choice. Uh, quite a few times, Jared Bolton, uh, he's been coming back from GNCCs. He'll stop at a Starbucks and come on the show. We've had Corey Grafunder. He's done the same thing. Kyle Redman. Um, we've had quite a few guys just kind of pull over and they're always texting me like, oh gosh, what place has Wi-Fi? I was like, uh, maybe a Starbucks and they always seem to find one. So it's, it's happened. It wouldn't be the first time. It, uh, Jared even got kicked out of a Starbucks one time, didn't he? Yeah, they, yeah, they wanted, that's right. They wanted to close and he was like, but I'm still on the show. They're like, get out. <laughs> oh, well. Nice. So he sat in his car and stole Wi-Fi while they actually closed the shop. So the Wi-Fi never really turned off. So he's he's smarter than he looks. Um, so I noticed you have your KR4 shirt on. So is, is there, I would assume that there is some affiliation there as well? There is. Okay, well, how's that work? Because I know I've seen you driving your, your butt all over the place. Well, it's kind of an interesting relationship. Um, and it really started with uh, Ian Blythe, to be honest. You know, Ian Blythe out of Colorado. Yep. He uh, just out of the blue hit me up like last October and said, hey, how would you like to drive me to, uh, to the last National Enduro in Oklahoma and then go to the last uh, GNCC at the Ironman in Indiana? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, I love driving. <laughs> I love driving. You know, I haven't driven anywhere since yesterday, so let's go. So, uh, yeah, we, we packed everything in my little red van and then uh, – and rolled down there, and the week we did the uh, Oklahoma City race, and it was killer. And then um, we had a week to kill in between. So Ian's like, "Hey, we're going to go to this guy's in Pennsylvania. His name is Frank Keegan. You know, he's helping me out a little bit this year." And I'm just like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> just as long as I don't have to like sleep in the van, that sounds good." And uh, you know, it just kind of started there. I, I met uh, you know Frank and, and Chrissy and the whole family, and was really kind of, uh, you know, shocked with, with what was going on. Like, I had no idea. I'd never even heard of KR4. And, uh, you know, I guess out in the West, uh, you know, news travels slow of what was going on. <laughs> Still using smoke signals? That's right. That's right. So, you know, the telegraph lines must have been cut. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of, you know, got the talking, and he told me what he had going on with KR4. And uh, I had been working for at Cherby's, you know, the plastic company for a couple of years, and, I uh, left them last spring to go racing full time, and and so uh, I was like, hey, you know, I can do some of your marketing if you need any sort of marketing deal. So we we just kind of struck up uh, a little partnership there. So I'm helping with their their marketing and advertising and doing uh, their newsletters and press releases and basically anything that needs done. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to to get help on all fronts because it's probably good for you to either a be able to make a little bit of money or at least be able to get services and help in the industry obviously that you're in because you're racing and moving around on the bike and then as well for them because they probably need help you know with extra hands trying to get out some of that marketing and stuff like that and you obviously know a lot of people so 
That probably a partnership worked out quite well at the right time for you guys, I bet. Well, you know, it did. And I think this was, it was also like the kind of the last little push I needed to do the National Enduros. Um, you know, I always wanted to do the National Enduros basically, you know, growing up riding. I, I didn't start riding until I was 14. I was, I was a freshman in high school. And, uh, you know, my, my buddy rode and he handed me a copy. Of, I think it was like Dirt Bike or Dirt Rider. And there's, you know, all the National Enduros and everything in there. And I'm like, no way, you know, that's killer. And I always wanted to do it, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, you know, the con show was the second closest race to the house and it's, you know, 24 hours away, one way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so Frank and KR4, you know, they're like, Hey, you should do them. And I was like, Hey, sounds good. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Done. You got it. <laughs> um, somebody was asking in the chat room, two things. He said, make sure I ask you if you're going to Odessa in two weeks and then they were asking uh if you still have any uh didn't you used to push tms okay so um we could I, break that up into two two thoughts or one thought chat. oh okay well you'll have to forgive my ignorance i don't know uh anything about odessa i'm not are they talking the desert 100 i wonder if that's it odessa washington maybe I'm gonna go with probably. I'm gonna. It's. And, I, I can spell it. That's about all I know after the fact. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to. We'll start with TM. Maybe they'll chime in. Okay. Afterwards. So. <laughs> um, yeah, TM. I uh, rode those bikes the last three years. TM racing out of Italy, and man, some of the coolest stuff. You know, the coolest bike you'll ever see. It's basically a two-wheeled light, uh, light blue Ferrari, and uh, everything's handmade. Everything's hand welded. And I, you know, it was another thing. I saw those in the magazine. I was like, "Wow, you know, that's cool." And um, so I got involved with the importer in 2011, and uh, you know, basically said, "I, I want a bike. I want to try it out." I was so impressed with it. After like a month, I called and I said, "I want to be a dealer. What do I need to do?" And uh, he's like, "Okay, here you go." And uh, you know, so three years later, I sold uh, about 16 bikes. Um, and, you know, that was while I, while I was working full-time at a Cherby's. So I never really pushed the brand too hard. I just kind of rode them and repped them and, and tried to sell them to all my buddies. Right. And uh, so, yeah, great great bikes. was really happy with them. And then for 2014, uh, the decision was made by the importer that they weren't going to bring a container of bikes into the U.S. Hmm. So I was – I mean, they were still available by, by special order – you know, but I, I was just kind of at the point, I'm like, okay, let, let's take a little break. Um, I'm really hoping they come back strong in 15 or 16 and I've got some bikes to sell again. But uh, I decided to go with some Hondas. So uh, I've got uh, a CRF 250R, CRF 450R, and uh, just enjoying the uh, the twin pipe design. Right? Yeah, for sure. I got to ride uh, one of the new Huskies this past weekend, the FE 350, and uh, really, really enjoyed that. I've been a two-stroke guy for uh, i don't know the past four years five years um you know being on a 250 xe and then a 300 xe but man i really really i mean really enjoyed that 350 motor this past weekend i mean really enjoyed it so yeah what was it just the electric start um, no, well, it was the lack of Kickstarter altogether that made that was the weight savings because it didn't have a Kickstarter. That was really what did did it for me. 
So, nice. Sa- saving that weight. Yeah, no, for sure. No, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, definitely don't want this show to be a review about that bike because I definitely have my opinions and they're, they're, they're being formulated on paper as we do the show um, for later. Um, but yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed the bike. I definitely think that the Huskies are going to change a lot in the future. They have not changed much from what was a Husaberg last year. Um, the valving on the front fork was left room for better valving. Um, but that engine and that motor was awesome. I am coining it the supple leopard. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It took a little bit to learn how to ride the motorcycle, like because of the fact that the engine was so smooth. Like, I mean, I know that sounds weird, but like coming off of two strokes and being used to having that kind of the power band and, and, and being able to expect, you know, the jumps and the attack, um, there was not that there, that just was, it just didn't exist. So it was interesting. Um, and it was a ton of fun to ride and it really, really, really made me think that I might want to get a four stroke again. Damn it. Nice. I said, it. I, you know, I, would, I said it, I would love, I would love an opportunity to try one of the Huskies. There's actually uh, a real good op- or a real good chance. I was going to be on them for this year. I was riding uh, a red and white Husky, for uh, the uh, Husky shop in, in Boise, Big Twin, uh, Big Twin Cycles. And they called me out of the blue uh, in, like in September, and they said, hey, are you going to do Enduro Cross? And I'm like, no, probably not, you know, because that's like the one local race besides Idaho City, you know, it's the Boise Enduro Cross. And I just, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go beat up my own stuff. And they said, well, how about you beat up one of ours? And I said, absolutely. And so they, they gave me a, a shiny new red uh, TC250R and, and uh, just let me have my way with it for a couple months. And, oh, man, I mean, that, that's what I raced at that National Enduro. And, and I took to uh, the Ironman and then raced Enduro Cross on that, and it was awesome. And it looked like I was, you know, had everything set up with Big Twin to ride uh, the new Huskies. I mean, the guys over there were just awesome. But, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, the new bikes were kind of late. Yep. And, uh you know, I sat idly, you know, I, they let me keep my red and white bike and, and ride it, which was super cool of them, you know, but I was, I was just getting antsy, you know, because they said, yeah, we should know by, uh, by October and then November and then December and then January. And finally by January, I'm like, hey, guys, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to go get some new motorcycle. And, yep. and so we got, we got the Hondas, uh, but, you know, definitely a cool looking bike. I think, uh, I think the Huskies you know, definitely going to be around to stay. And uh, I'm really hoping that they'll kind of separate, you know, diverge the brand from, from Husaberg and KTM a little more. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's all in the works. It's one of those situations where you know that it happened really quick. It was like, Oh my God, the Husky brands up for sale. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Okay. Now that we have it, what do we do with it? Uh, okay. Kill Husaberg. That's now Husky. And then we'll slowly start to create the new Husky, like it, it was so, but it's going to be there. I agree. You know, we've talked about it multiple times on the show that 2016 is probably when we're going to see the first new real Husky, like in the sense of there may not be, there may still be ties to KTM in the sense that it just makes sense because of the, you know, to share certain aspects 
um, for manufacturing costs and all that kinds of stuff. But where we'll really start to see them um, diverge themselves and become a different brand totally. I've even heard that there's uh, a new logo in the works. Um, have you heard anything about that? Man, I haven't heard anything about a new logo, but I think they I, that would be the crazy. You think yeah, they I should? Don't... No. Okay, Heck good. No. Good. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I know the gun site is so awesome. It's so, 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 so just the brand. I mean, it's like, it's where they started. You know, I, I think if they lost the gun site, I think Malcolm Smith might depart <laughs> this world early. <laughs> It's funny, but you're probably. I think you're right. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, maybe it's a it's a revamp and stuff like that. But I, I remember if I was reading a magazine or talking to somebody, and they were that was just like something that slipped, and I was like, "What? Nothing?" I was like, oh, "Okay, I heard it." <laughs> so that that would be worse than when Pepsi changed their logo. I'm just saying. You know, I, I still haven't got over that. That's like been 15 years ago. It would have been like when the Gap changed theirs, and everybody on the social media was like, "That is the stupidest logo ever," and then they changed it back like within a day. I think it would probably be about the same thing. Okay, well, you and I will lead, you know, lead the picketers to change it back. I agree. I'm in. Um, so, what? <laughs> tell us about your experiences with the GNCCs this year. I mean, obviously, they've been mud fest and stuff like that. But you know, from being a guy from from the West Coast, have you had fun being able to travel around and do all those races and and, and beat all these events and kind of just, you know, be in the scene? Well, I've definitely, you know, that's definitely been probably the coolest thing about what I'm doing this year is just kind of getting to go live the dream. You know, I'm definitely like, uh, Shane Hufford and Charlie Mullins and all those guys. I mean, they beat me so bad at every race and it's fine. Cause you know, I still get to go to the next one and it's, you know, it's, it's no sweat off my back really. And I, you know, so I'm kind of getting to have my cake and eat it too. You know, I'm, I'm living the dream and I'm, I'm able to pay the bills and and it's all about fun you know more so than results so like the results are just something that you know i get to keep for me and uh you know i just try to um positively represent the companies that are helping me out and just kind of you know get out there and, and share my experiences with whoever wants to listen yeah and in this case it's seat time thanks guys we are in um i do have <laughs> to say congratulations because you made it into the top 50 this past weekend you were 47th overall I was stoked, man. I mean, you know, that's probably the – I'm a little bit more like a, a kid in a candy store with this whole National Enduro thing, you know, because to go and to like to see the factory KTM rig and there's Charlie Mullins and there's Stu Baylor and there's Mike Lafferty, you know, and then Andrew DeLong on the Husky and like all the guys, you know, that were in the magazines. I'm still – you know, I'm almost 30 and I'm still like, oh, no way, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm older than a lot of those guys too except Mike. Mike Lafferty is still older than me, so thanks, Mike. Yep. Um, but you know, it's cool. It, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the talent at the national Enduros, it's just huge. You know, I did, uh, I did a two day T-Sec RMEC race in Texas like a month ago. Yep. And, um, you know, I won the open a class one day and got like a 10th overall. And then, you know, fast forward a month and I rode even better, but like, you know, the real guys showed up, um, <laughs> But I, I was definitely happy with the finish. I mean, it was a huge improvement for me over the Sand Lapper. Um, you know, the Sand Lapper, I was like barely in the top 100. I think it was like 89th or something. But um, 
You know, I, I, I'd say, like I said, you know, this, this Texas race is like more similar to what we have at home. Right. Um, I mean, it's, if you, 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 you rode Texas and you've ridden Idaho city. And if you think about it, you know, those two races seem pretty different, but I would say Texas is closer to Idaho city than it is to the stand lap or that it is to Pennsylvania. Yes. Because in Texas, we will not get super tight pine trees. Just not happen. Right. Like you could find totally. some pine trees in East Texas, like Nacogdoches, but yeah, the majority of Texas is going to be, you know, much different than what you would find on the East Coast, for sure. Well, I'll give you a little insight. I think I was maybe one of the 600. Like there was, you know, 600 riders at the Sand Lapper, and I think I was the only one with Moto style handguards. Like I did not have Barkbusters for the Sand Lapper. <laughs> And uh, so I figured out why everyone rides the, you know, the Barkbusters back east. So come round three in Tennessee, I'll be running some sweet Acherbys wraparounds. Right. Um, now, I used to, I grew up in Louisiana in the Sarah circuit. And, you know, we did, you know, that they had the National Enduro down there a couple times, uh, the Cajun Classic. And, uh, you know, they have some tight-ass pine trees down there. And we used to cut our hand guard, or hand, handlebars down because of the fact that it was so tight. Um, do you know that anybody that still does that? I don't. I actually leave them stock and add the Barkbusters, you know. Um, so are you going to cut them? Are you going to leave them? Have you heard anything, anybody talking about that these days? So the first year I did the uh, the ISDE qualifiers uh, and went to Ohio, everyone was saying how tight it was. And so I did get the hacksaw out and I cut my stock TM bars down like a lot. And then it turned out that Ohio qualifying wasn't very tight. <laughs> it was just uh, tight for those guys, and you're like, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So um, th- this year, um, Fast Company stepped up and, and hooked me up with the Flex Bars, and I'm running the 12-degree Woods Bend, you know, which is like a lot narrower than the Moto. Yep. And so I've just left them alone, and I did not crunch one finger at the Sand Lapper. Um, you know, so it was – I, I tore the ends of the grips off, but, uh, you know, that was about it. I had my hands in like this. <laughs> That's awesome. You know that uh, Fast Company is a sponsor of the show, right? I heard that, yeah. yeah. They, they, uh, they're, they're doing good work. I mean, they're helping you out. They're helping me out. And, and like you were saying earlier, I mean, you don't have to have an injury to run them. You know, it's, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're really cool too, dudes too. Uh, have you had a chance to ride with them in their, uh, in their, their, their property around Washington, Utah? I haven't. I was supposed to make it down to the the Friends of Fast ride before the Vegas Enduro Cross final last year. Yeah. And practicing the week before, I decided to leave some of my toes on a rock. And uh, whoops. Yeah. Oops. So I got to stay home and and sit on the couch with my foot on ice and and watch the uh, the webcast, you know, on my on my computer. But uh, supposed to go. Haven't made it. Uh, it's my understanding that the invitation is still open and can't wait to take those guys up. Well, good. Next time it happens, make sure you go. Cause we did get to go this past year and it was phenomenal. We got to, uh, watch guys like Mike Brown and, uh, Toby Price and all those dudes just totally kick butt on those wicked sand rocks. Uh, David Knight was out there. It was, uh, it was pretty wicked. And then I went and got my ass handed to me at the Vegas Enduro Cross. <laughs> nice. Mm, but I kicked that bar's ass. I went straight to the bar, crown and coke. I was like winner right here, champion. I was this was the was it the first quitter? What was I, Stephen? What did I say? Last in practice, but first quitter. I don't know. It was it was clever at the time. 
We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Uh, one cut half off. I cut half off. Tight woods in Washington. So apparently Tom Mac Macintosh Brap. <laughs> I like that name. He cuts off about half an inch on each side, I guess, for the tight woods. Oh, okay. Handlebars. And I was thinking about that too, because if you put Barkbusters on, you know they think they're somewhere between a quarter of an inch to maybe half an inch on each side. So if you were to cut off that little bit, probably wouldn't make that huge of a difference uh, in leverage. And it might help just a little bit in some of that super, super gnarly tight stuff. I don't know. I kinda, yeah, I'm... I've kind of stopped cutting them down. Um, good, bad, and different. I don't know. I just I like the leverage. We have so much more open in Texas than we did where I grew up that it's much more beneficial to keep your full leverage and width on the handlebars than it is to cut it down for the every now and again tight stuff. Yeah, this, this year is just kind of a, a learning year for me. Um, and I'm, you know, because I've got like a pretty good set of notes for writing out West, you know. So when I got to the concho, like all my stuff worked awesome. You know, I thought my, my Enduro spec suspension was all set up really well and I had good gearing and, and everything was good. Um, you know, so I'm really interested. Like I went to the Sand Lapper and learned to run Barkbusters. So <laughs> now I'm going to go to Tennessee and I'll have Barkbusters. And I'll see if I should have cut my bars. So, yep. Yeah, I think each each round is a little bit of a of a test and tune, and go back to the drawing board. And then what do we have after Tennessee? Let's see here. Schedule, schedule, schedule. Uh, it should be Missouri, May 18th. Missouri, May 18th. Oh, that's a good little bit of a break too. So that I'm ready not... for a break. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah. So what's the plan there? Is you're going to head to Tennessee? Are you going to head back home after Tennessee again? Yes, sir. Ooh, yep. Man. Uh, I'm going to be home for, I think, like six whole days, and then we're leaving uh, next week driving to Tennessee. Man. Well, how's Ian doing? Actually, I know he was uh, he had injured. He was supposed to be coming in and competing XC2 this year in the National Enduros and stuff. I'd imagine since you were going to be driving around with him that you've probably kept up with him a little bit, have you? Yeah. Yeah, we were going to be traveling a lot together, and, uh, you know, I talked to him some right after the injury happened, and he called me on the, uh, the way home from Florida, and you know, said he was doing pretty well. You, you could definitely tell he was, um, you know, jonesing because we had a little bit of drama on our Florida trip and, and he wanted to know like every detail, <laughs> um, you know, but the best part is, is his dad, John, you know, I've seen him at, um, oh, I saw him over the weekend at the Concho and then I saw him at the Lone Star about a month ago. And I, I told him, I'm like, you know, John, I feel, I feel bad for Ian, but I really feel bad for you. And he, he said, well, why is that? I'm like, because you were almost ready to get rid of Ian, you know, for like a good six months or so. And now you're going to be stuck with broken, bored, pissed off Ian. <laughs> and I, I really feel bad for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Ian Blythe. It's, he's, he's a cool dude to meet. I remember uh, last year we did the cool video uh, helmet cam of him and Cole uh, versus each other uh, at one of the, I think it was the Lone Star there's one of the two day national one of the two day Texas races we had last year at the end of the year. I don't know, my brain's not working that well. I don't know. It's out there. You could search for it. It's pretty cool. Like Cole Kirkpatrick versus Ian Blythe. It's a cool video. Um Nice. Well so, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping I'm really hoping he heals up soon. I mean, you know, we had a ton of fun, uh the little bit of traveling we did last year, so I want him to heal up, uh so we can hit every Chipotle between here and Pennsylvania again. Nice. <laughs> That'll be super cool. Well, dude, we wish you luck. Uh, you're doing really good in the open A class, kicking butt, taking names. Hopefully you wind up with a couple wins there in the Nationals. Um, I wish I could be out there with you, continue to get be getting beat by you. 
but unfortunately, <laughs> that may be my last national this year. Oh man, you got to make it to Colorado. Um, oh, I really I, I want, to. want to. Do a, I wanted to do a little plug for Colorado. Like it will be one of the coolest races of the year. Man, I don't really know how I know that because I haven't been to the other ones. But <laughs> I did the Colorado race last year when it wasn't a national, and it's like some of the coolest stuff I've ever ridden. So you have to come. You got to get in the car and drive. It's only halfway to Idaho. I know. It's 15 it. hours, man. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Ah, <laughs> I don't have the gumption that you have, man. Well, I'll come pick you up. It's no big deal. Yeah. All right. You drive the 28 hours to me, and then we'll drive the 15 back, and then you drive the 15 back to drop me off, and then you drive the 28 home. Let's just say it's not another question. <laughs> We'll just we'll find some gas sponsors or something, right? That uh, you know, Ford. I'm gonna need a new van. You know, that new full size Transit's coming out. Just saying, you know, be happy to test it for you. Yeah, I could drive it all over the place, literally all <laughs> over the place. Well, cool, man. Well, good luck with all your travels. Um, I think this will be fun. I would like to continue to have you on as a uh, you know as the as the year progresses because I think it'll be a neat. A neat aspect. We'll get to kind of hear about all your fun stories and all your traveling and uh, all the all the shenanigans that go on in the life of Jubal Brown and traveling uh, the world. I guess in this case, we'll start with the country. We'll move to the world for 2015. How about that? Man, we're hopefully you guys will get to follow me to Argentina. I'm trying again. So I guess the E2014. You know, I had 2012, and we crossed that out and put a 13, and I crossed that out to 14, 14. Nice. Well, you just... But, uh, yeah, I'd love to be back on. We're going to be doing some real cool stuff this year, you know, uh, hitting the National Enduros, be doing some GNCCs. Uh, we got a lot of cool adventure bike stuff with uh, some 800 BMWs. Um, there's always some 110s to ride and then uh, trials bikes for sure. So we're always doing something. Dig it. Well, man, we're going to have to play around with all of those uh, definitely the next time we hang out. Well, thank you for being on the show. Keep being awesome, and we'll definitely have you on soon, all right? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take it easy, dude. All right. Well, Mr. Jewel Brown is definitely as fun to have on as I thought he would be, and I much look forward to hearing about his shenanigans. Um, I'm hoping that he's going to be there at Big Buck when we go, so that way we can hang out and see what's going on there. So um, this has been episode 121. I'll start to kind of close it down for you guys. It's been an interesting start to the year so far. The GNCCs have been packed full of action, lots of mud. It seems like we might unfortunately get another mud race this coming weekend at Steel Creek. Um, we had the National Enduro this weekend. Charlie Mullins is on a roll um, after this, you know, two wins. He's got 60 points. Jesse Groom's in second, 21 points back. I mean, huge point shakeup because all the guys that did well at the Sand Lapper didn't really do that great except for Mullins. Um, this past weekend at Cacho, oh, excuse me. Um, and then we saw some other racing in the Northeast where like Josh String is getting first over Zach Osborne. And then we got Paul Wibley in third. So obviously those guys are out racing. They're really, they're really, you know, pushing the limits, uh, wanting to keep, uh, getting out there and being awesome. So it's, it's cool, man. It's a cool time right now. Uh, the year is really just starting. We've got all kinds of other series going on. Please get in touch with us if you want us to talk about any other kind of stuff like that. We know that there's lots of local series, lots of fun stuff going on there. We really appreciate everybody tagging their pictures with a pint full of awesome. That is great. Remember, you can continue to win a bunch of swag from Fly Racing if you continue to tag your pictures with pint full of awesome. 
do it. So obviously, big thanks to our sponsors for uh, Fly Racing, guys over there at Fast Company, and for everybody over at Stillwell Performance. And they're not just great companies. They're great supporters and partners of Seat Time. Um, and we, and hopefully you as viewers and as fans, would like to at least go check out their website, contact them, ask maybe how they could help make your experience on a dirt bike that much better and that much more fun. Um, in case you're wondering, my name is Brian Pierce. I am your host. This has been episode 121 of Seat Time. Seat Time, you can find us at seattime.co is the website. Of course, we are on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash seat time. We are on Twitter, twitter.com slash seat time underscore co. And we are on Instagram. It is just regular old seat time. One word. Pretty simple. You can find us on YouTube if you would like to subscribe. All the videos will be uploaded there after the fact. Of course, as well, if you just so happen to want to find the audio you're driving around, Stitcher and iTunes, you can subscribe to us there for the audio-only version. Um, Steven, how you feeling? All right, well, let's send Steven home, folks. He needs to get back to his family. We appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome.